cantata in the other service, it didn't make sense for us to try and to do two or three different sermons at all one time. And, and so what I thought I would do this morning is take just a little bit of a break. And Amy and I begin to talk about our favorite Christmas movies. Our favorite Christmas movies. And so we began this morning. And I want to, my favorite movie is Home Alone. Home Alone is one of my favorites. I've watched it since I was younger, and the, all my kids love to watch it, and so we've had a great time with Home Alone. And so this morning, I'm going to share a little bit about what it means to be Home Alone, but Amy's going to help me this morning, because her favorite movie is a little different than mine. So if you'll put your hands together and welcome Amy as she comes out here to visit with us this morning. Come on, Amy. Yeah. <laughs> was this your standards? There's no, another one. No, right you there. can have that. Do we want to invite Whitney up to read the scripture yes. for us? Yes, we do. Oh, oh it's timing. okay. We're, we're, we're it's okay. Well Hi, y'all. What? Am I overdressed? <laughs> nah, nah. They're underdressed. Oh, okay. They didn't get our memo. <laughs> Okay, so Whitney's going to read for us. Uh, <laughs> here she comes. Here she goes. Okay, so this is Whitney Jones. She is one of our older children in the children's program. She has already practiced this by reading in the first service, and we are so grateful to have her read today. You're doing just fine. You're doing just fine. Don't worry about it. There's lots of grace in here, right? Yes, you can, yeah, and you can borrow, you can borrow my mic. Y'all put your hands together for Whitney Jones. Yeah, Whitney. That's right. Do you want me to hold the mic for you? And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. He will, you will find a baby wrapped in cloths and laying in a manger. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be, be to, to God. God. All right, put your hands together. Thank yeah, you, Whitney. Thank you, Whitney. You bet. So good. You bet. Okay, Gary. So we just wanted to have a little bit of fun. A little bit. <laughs> but I've got some good news and some bad news for you this morning. Bad news? You got some bad news? Yeah. So, okay, go ahead. Well, I know it's my turn to start the sermon, so here's the bad news. I have no idea how to do that. Oh. But here's the good news. I just did. Oh. See what I did there? <laughs> That's how good news, bad news works, right, Jason? <laughs> I think I've got a slide there. We've learned to deliver and to take the good news and the bad news together, mostly to make the bad news go down more smoothly, right? Or to offer a little bit of a perspective or maybe even get a little bit of a laugh. In fact, good news, bad news jokes are everywhere. That's right. They are. I actually found some this week that pertain to the church specifically. So you ready for these? I'm ready. Let me hear them. Okay. The good news is our church attendance goes up within three weeks. Great. The bad news is that usually happens when we're on vacation. Oh, okay. I knew there was a catch. <laughs> I have another one. Ready? The good news is that the biggest critic in our church has left. 
Oh, that's good news. That's good news, right? <laughs> the bad news is now he's the bishop of our denomination. Oh, no, that's even worse. That's not good. Okay, ready? One more. Gary, I have heard a rumor that the youth are planning surprise visits to our houses. Really? That's, that's good, good That's good yeah, news. Yeah, that's good news. The bad news is they're planning to come at midnight armed with toilet paper and shaving cream. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, these are bad jokes, right? <laughs> but they demonstrate. We need a drum roll. <laughs> they demonstrate what we're talking about. They're bad, but they demonstrate what we're talking about. Because we have a tendency, even when we're not joking, to define good news over and against the bad news, right? That's actually kind of what makes the good news good, is that it's better <laughs> than, the, than bad the bad news. news. Good news, bad news, sisters and brothers, that is a double feature in our life. It's a double feature that we deal with on a constant basis. And it's something to think about in this season of Advent while we are waiting for the birth of the Christ child, which is something that's already happened, right? It's something that we already know about. It's something that already means something for ourselves and for the rest of the world. So that makes it a special task because let's face it, we human beings, we are difficult to impress, right? And good news is not what it used to be, especially at Advent and at Christmas time, because we have heard it all before, and we don't like to wait for anything. Can you hurry up? Come on, get to the point. See what I'm saying? In fact, in our culture, we do everything we can to eliminate waiting of any sort. I mean, we actually order our coffee on our phones so we don't have to wait in line, right? And our groceries. We don't like to wait. So today we're going to pause. Today we're going to slow down and take a break. Do we have to? I have the mic, I have the floor right now, so yes, we have to. We're going to step out of our Advent sermon series from Humbug to Hallelujah today to really ponder the meaning of the good news that is presented in that familiar passage that Whitney read for us so beautifully this morning. It's typically a passage that's read much later in the season, but this morning we're going to take the opportunity to consider ways that we might be treating this news as something less than good. While we still have time in the Advent season to re-enter into a period of waiting and expectation for the greatest news that we will ever receive. In the 9 o'clock service, uh, we considered this passage from Luke as it was accompanied by beautiful music of the chancel choir, the organist, Van Hayes, the brass ensemble. We pulled out all the stops, and David Wallace and them did an incredible job. It really was breathtaking. And now in our 11 a.m. service, we wanted to take advantage of this break in our schedule to examine this passage and the good news that it holds with the help of a couple of our favorite Christmas movies because we love movies, but the heart of the message really comes from the good news that we read in Luke that the angels share with the shepherds. So let's take a look at this familiar passage from Luke. As we begin to think about the shepherds sitting out on the hillside, as they're out there all by themselves, and as I thought about that, it kind of reminds me of being home alone. They're just there. But in a sense, and in a moment, they're going to receive the greatest blessing, the greatest present of all. And so this movie is one that our family always gets together and watches. So I brought a clip for you this morning. So if you'll turn your eyes to the screen, one of my favorite clips. Christmas. 
including all my major crevices, including in between my toes and in my belly button, which I never did before but sort of enjoyed. I wash my hair with the Don't Formula shampoo and use cream rinse for that just wash shine. I can't seem to find my toothbrush, so I'll pick one up when I go out today. Other than that, I'm in good shape. When I think about this clip, I'm reminded of those millions of people who spend this time of the year alone. Those who've either outlived their spouses or never married or are simply home by themselves. You know, this time of the year can often be very lonely for people, Amy. Uh, for some, Christmas is not a happy time. For some, Christmas is actually kind of depressing. It's easy to forget those who are home alone. Loneliness can be uh, very real, very powerful, very tough to live through. The time we spend in this life can make us regret life sometimes. But ever so often, God shows up. When I see this clip, I immediately think about the shepherds. Every one of us are in this story, but I identify with the shepherds. The lowest of all have their world turned upside down by God. The shepherds are basically at work alone or at home alone in the fields. In the deep, dark night, no light except the moon, they're on a hillside and an angel of the Lord appears. The aloneness is shattered by the one who sought after us. The shepherds were alone, but God came to them. God's provenient grace, that grace that comes before, sought out the shepherds. In the midst of life, the angel appeared and said, Do not be afraid. I bring you great news that will cause great joy for all the people. The message of Christmas is simply this. Good news. The evangelion comes to the common. The highest comes to the lowest. The first ones to learn of Jesus' birth were the shepherds. If Jesus had been born in his hometown of Nazareth after the custom of that day, there would have been musicians to serenade the birth. But it was not so, for he was born in Bethlehem. Only shepherds. The Pharisees at that time said there were six professions that were simply unworthy of the rest of society. One of those was a shepherd. A shepherd was not permitted to give testimony in the court of law. A shepherd was not permitted to even enter into the temple because their activities were considered unclean. People did not have dealings with shepherds at all. 
Shepherds in that time were usually very young, such as David, and in the Old Testament, they were boys. Of course, they could not have grasped what had happened. You can capture Niagara in a teacup or the ocean in a single straw, but they were the first to know about the coming of the Christ. And you know, this reminds us that at the center of the gospel is the truth that the knowledge of Christ is essentially an intellectual exercise. It's not something that God only gives to the powerful or the intelligent. It's also for the shepherds. It's to those who are good or those who are not very good. A child wrote to Santa one time. He wrote a note and he says, Dear Santa, you did not bring me anything good last year. You did not bring me anything good the year before that. This is your last chance. Signed, Alfred. And still another one wrote, Dear Santa, there are three little boys who live in our house. There is Jeffrey. He's two years old. There is David. He is four years old. And then there is Norman. He is seven. Jeffrey is good some of the time. David is good some of the time, but Norman is good all the time. P.S. I am Norman. <laughs> but we're not Normans, are we? We're shepherds. We need to learn humility when we read about the immensities of space and realize that our lives are only the flaring of a match against the eternity's darkness. We are humbled. I have no political significance. <laughs> I have no distinguished vocational accomplishments. I look at my inner life and I see weakness and ugliness and sin. But Christmas speaks. Christmas says that God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak to shame that which is strong. Christmas is the announcement that we are worth enough to God for God to come here. And we look at the world around us where we see our friends and the fields and the forest and the fruits and the seas and the mountains and painters that paint pictures, and philosophers who think thoughts that haven't been thought before. We have dreamers who dream, visionaries who build castles in the air, and engineers who go out and put foundations under them. And suddenly we realize that we are the visited planet. These thoughts cross my mind when I think about the shepherds and the way that God came to them, or the way the angels came to them when they we're alone, Amy. Yeah, it really is remarkable to think about the shepherds hearing the good news that had been foretold for generations, right, in real time in such a divine broadcast. Angels delivered this news from God. Angels. And they say immediately that it is good news. And not just that it is good news, that it is news that will cause great joy. And not just for some people, but great joy for all people. And the good news they say to the shepherds, is the same good news for which you and your people have been waiting, the Messiah, the appointed one of God, the Savior, the Lord, he is here on earth in the flesh. Gary, we have heard and read the story so often that it's really easy to gloss over the wonder of it all. That's right. It the is. amazement, the excitement. And it actually reminds me of the excitement of children at Christmas time, or perhaps the excitement of elves, or especially the excitement of one human that was raised by elves. Y'all know him? <laughs> Jason? We have a slide. This is Buddy. Y'all know Buddy, right? 
In case you don't know Buddy, Buddy is a character played by Will Ferrell in the 2003 movie Elf. It's one of my favorite Christmas movies because joy is something that comes naturally to Buddy. Okay, when he finds himself in New York City, he's a long way from his home in the North Pole. Buddy gets word that his good friend Santa Claus is coming to town and he cannot contain his excitement. Buddy proclaims, I know him! I know him! He wants everybody to know Santa as well, because it's clear that Santa's foretold visit is really good news. It causes great joy in Buddy. He wants to share it with people. And then Santa arrives at the North Pole replica that is inside Gimbel's department store. Let's see what happens next. Santa. What are you talking about? I'm Santa Claus. No, you're not. Oh, uh, why, of course I am. <laughs> you're Santa. What song did I sing for you on your birthday this year? Uh, happy birthday, of course. <laughs> uh, so, uh, how old are you, son? Four. You're a big boy. What's your name? Paul. And uh, what can I Paul, get you for Christmas? Don't tell him what you want. He's a liar. Let the kid talk. You disgust me. How can you live with yourself? Just cool it, Zippy. You sit on a throne of lies. Look, I'm not kidding. You're a fake. I'm a fake? Yes. How'd you like to be dead? Huh? <laughs> no, he's kidding. You stink. I think you're gonna have a good Christmas, all right? You smell like beef and cheese. You don't smell like Santa. Okay, good. He's a That was not the good news Buddy was hoping for, is it? <laughs> so I've been thinking about this scene in light of our passage from Luke, Gary, and I've been wondering not just about how we receive the good news, but also about what we do with bad news. Or more specifically, how do we teach ourselves to continue to wait for the best news instead of settling for okay news that's presented to us as good? Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Let me, let me see if I can explain a little bit. Buddy, for instance, he knew that the guy in the Santa suit wasn't the real Santa, right? He saw through the lies. He saw through the fake beard. He saw through the smell of beef and cheese. <laughs> but it wasn't enough for Buddy to just walk away, right? Like, he wanted everyone to know that they were settling for a poor imitation of the real Santa, that okay news was being presented to them as good news, but there was even better news out there for them. Gary, when the shepherds heard the good news from the angels, this was not the first time that the birth of Jesus had been revealed. Mary and Joseph, Elizabeth and Zechariah, they had all been told that this good news was on the way. Their people had been waiting. Even the shepherds, they knew. They knew they had to experience the good news for themselves because something good enough just wasn't going to cut it. 
So I'm wondering what that means for us today. I mean, Santa may be good news, but we have better news. The best news, really, joyful news. But sometimes we let that news get scrambled up and get lost in the static of commercialism or family tensions or the state of the world. So Gary, I'm wondering, is there anything we can do right now in this week, in this second week of the season of Advent, to hear the good news again, to really hear it, to listen to it, to let it do what it was designed to do for us, to have the divine effect of causing joy, great joy, joy that cannot be contained, joy that we cannot help but share. What I'm, what I'm saying is, how can we learn to tell the difference between okay news that's been all dressed up right. and the real good news? Well, may, maybe, maybe we just need a sign. Okay. Uh, as Zechariah could no longer speak, a star guided their way. The wise men, but the shepherds had another sign. Three times in the book of Luke, in chapter 2, we see a sign. Listen to the words from Luke chapter 2, verse 12. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. This sign was pointing to something deeper that we hunger for. I believe even Jesus' words when he says, I am the bread of life. Still another sign. Take and eat. This is my body. All of these are signs. He who was called the bread of life was born in Bethlehem, the city of bread. Despite who we are, we hunger for that which will not be found under the tree Christmas morning. We hunger for meaning, for joy and hope and relationship in the midst of despair. We hunger joyfully for this joyful news. All of these are signs. So if you want to see a sign, how about if you, like the shepherds, suspend some of your fear? Luke chapter 2 verse 10 says, But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. What would it look like for you to lean away from some of the fear, to trust in something that is higher and greater and more powerful than all of our political systems? What if you suspended your fear for just one moment this Christmas season and waited for the possibilities of some joyful noise? What would that look like? Because, see, fear can be a very powerful motivator. Fear can drive our actions in many ways and places because we can imagine all kinds of phobias if we just let our minds run. I read an article about strange phobias. Did you know some people have the phobia? It's called the fear of sleep. Or there's the fear of touch. The fear of hair. Some of us have that. The fear of the sun. And this, this is one my children often had. The fear of bathing. And then I knew somebody who had the fear of work. I will just end with that. But if you can stop our fears for just a moment and receive the good news. He who called himself the bread of life longs to fill our souls and satisfy our hearts. Will you receive the good news? Christmas is about good news. The family waited patiently in the surgery waiting room. The grandmother was very ill, but surgery could make a difference. It was scheduled to be about two hours long. And I remember sitting by the family side as they waited and waited. Two hours came and went, but no answer. Three hours came, and finally the surgeon came out to see us. I have some news. What is it? What is it? What happened? Your mother survived the surgery, and we were able to get all of the cancer. This is definitely good news. 
When we are able to suspend our fear a little bit, we can receive the good news that leads to a place where we can live in joy. That's the word again. Joyful news is what happens when God breaks into our world. Joy unspeakable, indescribable. Joy in some places is complete, the scripture says. We sing joy to the world, and we hope that Christ will bring peace to all the earth. A lesson we all hope will happen one day. When we are able to suspend fear and receive the good news and live into joy, we can pursue happiness. Still others created. Many years ago, a little boy was given a priceless possession. His deceased grandfather's gold pocket watch. How he treasured it. But one day, while playing at his father's ice plant, he lost the watch amid all the ice and the sawdust. He searched and scratched, became frantic, but he couldn't find the watch. Then he suddenly realized what he must do. He stopped scurrying around, and he became very still. In the silence, do you know what he heard? The ticking of the clock. God has given us each priceless gifts of Christ. How easy it is to lose our joy in this scurrying around of life and forget to stop for just a minute and listen to the beautiful sound of Jesus ticking in each of our hearts. That's the good news. That's the good news. Yeah, it is the good news. And I appreciate you saying that because it does help. Because this good news of Jesus the Christ, it's no joke, right? And it doesn't need to be defined over and against any bad news. It stands on its own. It's the single most important feature of our lives. And it's still being broadcast very loudly, very clearly today, if we will have ears to hear and eyes to see, as the adult Jesus would say later in his ministry. So our task for today, as we seek to just to suspend our fear, as you said, right. to truly receive the good news and to live into joy, is to ask ourselves, to what news am I listening? To what news am I listening? Because sisters and brothers, if it's anything other than the divine message of the saving grace of God, then we have some retuning of our ears to do, because we have been called not only to receive the good news, but to share it joyfully, and we can only share what we have first heard, what we have first received. So I tell you this morning, once more, we have some good news good for news. you. Good news that will cause great joy, joy for all people. A Savior, A savior has been born. Has been born. Your Savior has been born. Let's see what waiting on him and not settling for anything else, anything less, will do for our souls this Advent season. Amen. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we are so grateful for your love for us, your love that is so great that you would send your son as our savior, that you would make sure that the good news was shared with us, that you would continue to speak your good news into our lives, that you would invite us to live in a way that the joy that we have would be revealed to other people, that we would share the good news in that way. So continue to speak to us. Continue to point us to the best news 
good news, the great news, the joyful news for all people in this Advent and in the Christmas season. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.